0: All right, folks, welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to know to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oichel, and today we've got a great episode for you with Andrew Pudilev, CEO of Rush Bowls. Welcome, Andrew. I'm looking forward to our talk. How are you, man?
1: Great. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Yeah, well, good. Let's Let's kind of do a quick overview. Who are Andrew. you guys? Where are your locations? What you got?
1: Well, uh, I started Rush Bowls basically in 2004. So we were way ahead the bowl curve. Uh, we started franchising in 2016. We have uh, 37 locations mm-hmm. throughout the US. We look at it as a national concept. We have stores from all the way from you know West Palm Beach to Portland and everywhere in between. We're growing extremely quickly. We have We're opening up another 10 to 12 to 15 stores this year, uh, let alone next year. We have over 100 stores in some sort of development stage. Awesome. Uh, And what is the concept? Well, the concept that we created, you know, a million years ago is bowls. So not just acai bowls, which are blended fruit and vegetables, but a very unique flavor set from green tea, jungle, to a very tropical bowl, to spicy, to a million different flavor sets, and we're agnostic to allergies. So we can make anything vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever your heart desires. And what's unique about us too, and I always felt very strongly about, we don't upcharge for this. So if you have an allergy or some sort of food issue, we certainly are here to provide an incredible tasting product for you and not have it cost more. We're also not preachy. So you know, So you want to eat healthy, but you want Nutella on your bowl, God bless, you know, whatever people enjoy, we're here to serve, but we are extremely healthy, band. so no sorbets, uh, or any junk that we put in any of your food, it's always blended fruit, vegetables, whatever it may be, with yeah. assorted um, milks, you know, oat milk, I guess you can't call it milk anymore, but oat, bev- oat beverage, coconut beverage, uh, almond beverage or any of that stuff or a hundred percent pure juices. So healthy without, um, without really any of the fuss.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, great growth there. Uh, great <laughs> expansion, great plan. So that, super, super exciting. I, wasn't sure. Like, right? so it's, um, it's not the sna- like my daughter, my youngest one. She wants, uh-huh. uh, she wants the quick snack. It, this is, this is both a snack and a bowl. I mean, this is a meal, right? Correct. This
1: is a hundred percent of a meal. If you look at our data, it's, you know, lunch is our biggest time of day. Uh-huh. It's 16 ounces. Just to give you an idea of a blended fruit mixture and then top with organic hemp granola and honey and fresh fruit on top or whatever that mix may be. So these are meals. People are eating them as meals. So, If you say here's a Subway sandwich and here's a rush bowl, or here's this sandwich and rush bowl, our bowls actually have much lower caloric intake. So I would say average between 250 and 500 per bowl. And that's for a full bowl that's 16 ounces and, and opposed to, you know, a heavy hefty sandwich or whatever else that may have a ton of junk in it. So we really focus on nutritious health products. Uh, again, without being preachy.
0: Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to talk about a lot of stuff in your business specifically, but I want to talk, uh, get your opinion really on where we are right now as a restaurant industry as a whole, right? It's uh, not through COVID yet because it's still a challenge. So I want to ask you about some of those challenges. Uh, But the hiring thing, the cost thing, the, the, the inflation stuff, what are you seeing?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's funny, I, it's not funny, honestly, you know, my background, I was global head of derivative trading in New York City and gave it up, you know, forever ago. So I've always had an extremely educated and close eye on markets and what's going on. Mm-hmm. I I actually think it's been kind of a perfect storm to hurt restaurants mm-hmm. in general, especially mom and pa setups. Uh, that don't have the flexibility or the buying power of a franchise system or, or a you know, multi-unit system. So I think labor actually is slowing down. The, the issues with labor is easing up. I think more and more people are going back to work. Uh, I see inflation as somewhat of a mixed message, basically a mixed scenario. I see some inflation longer term coming down but inflation in general is still higher and higher. So cost of goods are going higher and higher still. Um, but I do see it easing up, uh, in in, by the end of the the year going into the first quarter of next year. So I do think prices will come down. Rents. I've not seen ease up quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but I see a lot more empties. Mm -hmm. So as a company in our position, we feel that there's a lot of opportunity to find spaces and, uh, and feel that, um, that inflation will ease and labor will ease, but demand may ease slightly too, because obviously when the Fed came in and raised, you know, 150 basis points relatively uh, soon, that's going to have an impact on the market.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I want to go to the late, to the labor piece, Mm -hmm. because it's interesting. There are some silver linings, especially in your business uh, where locations are opening up, right? Maybe opportunities that weren't there five years ago and in great locations, that there are some good uh good good aspects of it. But the people has been a challenge to find people. I think in in, in and you correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you guys are a relatively small footprint, yeah. relatively low staff per footprint, perhaps, versus you know, a, a restaurant that maybe needs to have 50 people. Is that fair? But but even so, you still got to find people, you gotta find good people. What's working for you? Uh, is it incentives? Is it pay? Is it just training? What what, what do you think? Well, I think
1: it's a lot of things. Certainly, uh I like I stated earlier, I do think it will ease up a little bit. But what for us specifically, I obviously it's pay is a big part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's not you can pay a, a lot of money to a lousy employee employee and they'll still be a lousy employee. You can pay 100%. not as much to a great employee and they generally will still be a great employee and you want to reward those people. Um, Our concept specifically is a lower labor count. So it's basically two to max, three people per store uh, at any one time. What we do is, first of all, they're interactive with the consumer. There's no back of the house in our stores. So they're very much like the Starbucks barista. So it's a wanted position, A. B, we try to have a good, fun environment in there uh, and, and try and make them feel very at home. And certainly you're serving healthy food and you're a, a bartender, basically serving healthy food. So that type of feeling, certainly with the current employee generations, generally, you know, it's a younger generation, uh, they really like it. And, and for us, the struggle is certainly, we struggle like everyone else, but I think a lot less than a lot of co- companies that, like a McDonald's or Burger King that have, you know, 15 employees all on or whatever it's seven employees all on at once or eight and there's a back of house. They're not seeing the front. Also, our employees get lots of money in tips. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, for instance, in, in my store alone, they, they, you know, they could get five to $10 worth of tips per hour. So, you know, certainly that adds to whatever that, you know, hourly wages. So it is definitely a, a more of a wanted job and more For me personally, I would say more satisfying job because Mm -hmm. you're, you're front and center with the consumer. So, and then you can really see their excitement when they have, you know, the bowl or whatever else it may be.
0: Yeah. You said a lot of things there that I want to pick up for the want a job is interesting and people have a choice, right? You want to be that place that the if it's a young workforce that the young folks want to work at, or if they're older, that it, there's some excitement there. So I like what you said there. I want to go back to the reward piece, the fun piece. What are some things you've done to, to bring rewards to the staff, to bring fun to the culture, anything uh, unique or interesting you folks do?
1: Well, I, I, I think you know a little bit of everything so we have events even and this is not just on a retail level this is you know on a corporate level too uh, Input I think is very important so mm-hmm. a lot of our you know employees no matter where they have where they are if they want to give us input or give their manager input of a different bowl a different smoothie or some other idea we're really excited about it and there's a way for them to do that Uh, So they feel empowered, I would say, Mm -hmm. Um, and they they have a voice within our organization. And and I always felt that way, no matter how large the organization is or what level people are within the organization, we better listen. (laughs) And that's always been uh, my uh, motive for operation. Um, And I think that goes a long way. Also, you know, we're relatively busy. Our stores are busy. So I will tell you in terms of employees, people want to be busy. You know, we lose employees when we're slow, not when we're busy. So I think keeping people busy and task oriented and having a, a voice and encourage create people to be creative all help. Uh, In that environment and then have fun events, you know, have them make TikToks, have them do whatever they like. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, within reason, obviously. Uh, But having them engaged or or the team engaged is really, you know, opposed to here's and some stores, some people do, you know, uh, you know, a gift card based on how many things you sell or other items like that. Uh, But I do feel having people engaged and, and understand who they are and what the brand is and engaged is very powerful too.
0: Yeah, I do. I agree a hundred percent. And so, yeah, engaged, empowered, having input in the business, being listened to, feeling like you're listened to all those things make people want to stay in your jobs. I want to go back to tips. You, you talked about tips for a second and, and, uh, some of them I have younger kids and they're starting to work and, and get tips. Right. Sure. So what's, what's been fascinating, uh, there's the there's the classic tip bowl, right? Whether it's a jar, right? You put money right. in, but but I think probably you guys, I'm guessing a lot of people have the screens, right? And when you flip right. the screen around and it says tip, tip here, uh, you know, hit the fifteen percent button, it makes it easy. Are you finding digital tips happening? Are people still throwing money in? Is is are they more generous when it's digital? Have you seen any trends there? Because I, I just kind of find that stuff a little interesting.
1: Yeah, no, and so do I on a financial level. Uh, I would say that first of all, you know our demographic that we really is, is excuse younger. so most mm-hmm. of our business is not cash at all. Mm-hmm. So it's all you know cards, whatever those cards may be, uh, but it's all cards. So yes, I do think it encourages tips in general, and people generally would give more uh, digitally because of the ease of this scenario in 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 general, i will I would tell you also, I feel that people in general are more aware of of what it takes you know to make something right. and and I would say that in a, a broad sense that they're more giving tips wise uh, in general, I think uh, here certainly in the US hmm. and understand the struggles that people have. you know they go out of their way to make your food and this and that so, yeah within, it sounds like
0: yours is more of a product yeah they're more producing a, a presentation it's not a simple here here's a here's a bottle of water right I, right i don't feel like exactly. i don't think i need to tip you a buck for handing hand, handing me a bottle of water but you're making something putting in front of me it looks delicious oh man i'm excited you know here's a here's a buck or two or, or right or and nor Sorry.
1: do you know and i think it goes along a lot of our stuff is always pulled so it's not hey this person's getting a tip for making it for that so it's all pulled to the mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and i think that's helpful That's too,
0: creates a team environment. It does. It does. Let, let me ask you real, real quick. We don't have, we don't, I don't want to stay there too long, but on the people sure. side, hiring, uh, interviewing, is there questions that you like? Is there, is there a way to you get quickly to this, this person's going to be good in the service environment? What do you think? Well, you know,
1: I can say that on so many levels, how do you know who's good and who isn't, right? It's yeah. always, it's always uh, a challenge. What I generally do when I'm interviewing, I'll ask them a question uh, that it's something maybe a little strange, like, what's your favorite book and why? Um, Mm -hmm. Or what do you like doing in your free time that's, you know, somewhat unusual? And you get, sometimes it just calms people down. It gets them more, I would say, real with you in terms of what they're feeling how, what they look forward to doing. And you get to know them a little, little better opposed to the canned answers that you generally would get from most interviews. So making the person being interviewed a little, I guess, more comfortable. And there's no right or wrong to these interviews either. And I will tell you, it's I could tell who's really good and who isn't basically the first day of working on an interview it's not as easy. And, and, you know, certainly we've made incredible hires and we've made plenty of mistakes, but generally I would put them, give them a question, a few questions that may be a little more stranger and strangers, the wrong world, but a little different, more different off uh, off
0: the, off the path, a different different path, get them comfortable. Yeah. I, I I like, I like that as a technique to get to know the person, because we can all go in with a little script and, and what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses and kind of, fooled you in 30 minutes. And like you said, you're going to see on that first day, I mean, really, really who they are when, when the rubber hits, hits the road. But I, I like, I like that approach of finding out who they are. So, all right. So they're in they're they're in there. Uh, you guys have had obviously uh, challenges for, for COVID um, marketing stuff. It probably taught you a lot more about delivery, uh, delivery, takeout operations, QR codes, online menus, what did you learn there that, that had to happen probably pretty fast, I'm guessing?
1: You know, and I think the franchise system is a little different uh, in this, but A, learned to communicate a lot, a lot mm. more than we were communicating. What works, mm. what doesn't. We also put a lot of emphasis on delivery services, certainly during COVID, and then made a big investment into a company called Olo, mm. um, which helped you know, with all the, it's one of the leaders in the space for delivery. So making sure that we had kind of one of the best delivery systems out there and, and you know, generally orders take in because more and more, you know, 30 to 60% of our business is online ordering. And okay. that's one thing I do not really feel that's going to change significantly if anything grow. So really It kind of focused us in a lot of different ways. And we had, certainly during the heart of COVID, we're really figuring out, hey, in Boise, this is working really well. In, you know, Connecticut, they started doing this and they started catering tons and tons to hospitals, actually. And that was an avenue we weren't doing much with and and certainly decided, hey, we got to really focus more and more on catering. So there was a lot of options and it really opened our eyes. I think COVID in general was relatively, you know, you know, certainly it was tough and, uh, you know, a horrific disease, but it really helped our business in, in certain ways and fine tune the business, I would say also, but it, it made us a better business.
0: Yeah. A lot of those, a lot of those silver lining lessons that they got picked up and you, as you already pointed out, have a younger audience. So they're already mobile savvy. They're picking up their phone. They're making their order. they are I, you talked about delivery, but I'm sure a lot of people just hit their order beforehand, come on in, th- It's ready for them, or you know rapid pickup, that sort of thing. So you're kind of set for that. Your audience is primed for it, and then you just kind of tweak, tweak it in between. So I, I think I think that's been great. what what about what about on a marketing side, differentiation side, branding side? You already have that kind of built into your model. you're you're this healthy bowl, you're a different different mindset from someone else. So you already set yourself apart. Other stuff that you do to kind of bring differentiation? You know, certainly
1: it's funny because, you know, like I said, we were doing bowls in 04 and and now it's everywhere. So it's it's really important. Uh, We were one of the originators of the whole bowl concept. Uh, But for us, I would tell you in a couple of fronts, first of all, we don't use sorbets or put junk in your bowls, which separate us from probably 99% of the other bowl concepts out there because generally they're all scoopables and we don't believe in that. Changes the sugar content, other things. Also, we don't just focus on acai, so extremely diverse flavor set. And I felt that was always something um, that we're really unique flavors and combinations that unlike anyone else is doing out there. Uh, and, and beyond that is have a lot of interesting toppings, uh, that allow people a lot of flexibility with help. So I think with those three things and not being so esoteric into a million different things. So when I emulate and I created rush, I try to emulate a lot of things Starbucks was doing, whether you like Starbucks or not, it's almost irrelevant, but they were very focused on being the best coffee in the U S whether you agree with that. It's kind of mute point, but yep. we're the best bull company in the U.S. No doubt we score super high on any taste um, off the charts. So if we do what we do the best, then really focus on that and not get caught into doing a million different things poorly. And I think that's always helped us.
0: Do you do anything on the loyalty side? Do you have an app? Do you have rewards? Do you have points? Anything going on? Yeah, there? we do
1: some loyalty stuff actually within uh, our point of sale system, and that's area an area that we're looking to improve upon. But mm-hmm. we do have loyalty within our app. Um, but I certainly think that's an area we can improve, and we we've been looking at different uh, you know software out there that we think we can improve. Loyalty yeah. is an interesting. When you look at the data and loyalty, it's not so clean cut in, in terms of its productivity, right? So everyone, loyalty, 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 but statistically in the data is not so clear on that. So you give a consumer incredible experience, they're going to come back loyalty or not. Um, the loyalty is very crucial. I think once you're big enough, like the Starbucks that you have your own card or the, you know, Chipotle. I think it's a bigger part of their business. I do feel, though, the loyalty aspect of things is growing, and it's something we've been looking at expanding on on for Rush in general. Uh, yeah,
0: just that, just the just that idea of. Being front and center, popping a message, popping a notification, encouraging that one extra visit a month that may not have happened otherwise, uh, that, that as you know, mathematically as a finance guy, adds up dramatically over the course of your business, replicated yeah. over so many stores. It does. But if you actually
1: look at the success of loyalty, and we have loyalty, and trust me, we're investing a lot into it. It's not so cut and clear in terms of the return on it, because um, mm-hmm. I have gone through the numbers quite a bit. It's actually pretty interesting. Depends on the size and scope of the industry. Most people will never say this, quite frankly. But um, And again, I think loyalty is a positive overall, um, and I think it will help any business. But in terms of size and scope, the help may be different.
0: Good. Okay. Uh, I, I, I want to go back to this because it's important. You talked about finding a niche that was maybe not something you had in your mind, but catering. Uh, and you talked about hospitals for COVID. I can imagine, yeah, showing up with 20, 20 bowls, boom, or could be more, bringing them to healthcare, bringing them to the office. And that can be a gigantic part of a, of anybody's business. The people are leaving on the table. They think, oh, let me open up a store. Everybody will come see me. I'll make all the money in the world. Of course, as restaurant operators know, that's not true. <laughs> it's not not how it works. You have it's to tough. have multiple, multiple um, revenue angles. You have to have you know, a mindset to take advantage of opportunities that aren't there. So, so you saw that piece, and I assume you're kind of kind of rolling with that and keeping it as a as a constant part of what you do.
1: You know, and it, it, and I don't want to make it more complex than it is. You got to reach out to your community, mm-hmm. right? So, hospitals is a is a great one. Certainly, um, there's a lot of lot of other options here. Hospitals is kind of interesting because you know. A lot of times the doctors or the nurses or even the patients, they can't get out of the situation they're in. So it's easier to have it accessible on a multiple levels uh, and and have something healthy and nutritious to make them feel good and, and get through the day. So that avenue, uh, you know, I certainly a huge, po- <coughs> excuse me, All right. a huge positive airports, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. Maybe we need to edit this. A huge, <clears throat> a huge positive. Airports sometimes they even might have cafeterias in these places, but they're not focused on delivering health uh, and healthy eating to the particular customers. And that's something we are. And and you know we're also not judgmental. So we want you to feel very comfortable in what you're getting and eat something that's delicious. And certainly that's healthy. So I, yeah. there's a big opportunity, not just within hospitals, but in general. Uh, and we're working hard to get more into a lot more airports and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I uh, can see that. For a healthy,
1: nutritious meal in yeah, universities on campus in their you know food halls.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. Uh, I want, I actually, what, what's, what's in my head is I want to bring you back in the future. Cause there's a lot more I want to talk about, but I, I want to, I want to ask about the franchising piece and we'll wrap in the next five minutes or so. But sure. as you're franchising, as you're growing, what do you look for in a franchise? What do you look for in locations? How do you think about that growth? You don't want to grow too fast, but you want to keep the momentum. What do you think about being a growing brand? Cause you're talking about some very aggressive, growth, growth plans over the next year or so.
1: Yeah. You know, we're a little unique because I own the company. There's no private equity. There's no uh, fund, you know, supporting it. So we're going to grow mm-hmm. as we feel fit. That we can, you know, certainly work and, and really contribute to our franchise franchisees and as a franchisor, really grow uh, the company appropriately. I'm not under a certain someone's thumb for a particular growth or under the pressure that I have to get this return. Uh, and that makes us a lot more flexible in our plans. A lot, you know, it's more I guess franchisee or partner focused, because we're here to support them. They're our they're our customers too, and it's really important that you know they're happy, and we're doing everything we can to help them. Doesn't mean we can't grow quickly and can't grow extremely well. Uh, and and we look at all those things, and certainly. I think we have a lot of growth a lot of the growth actually was pent up growth so a lot of our projects that we were supposed to open up literally earlier this year a lot of them got pushed to later this year because of you know gc issues you know we have three stores or four stores opening in the florida area and a lot of those stores that were set to open in june july and august are now opening you know september october november and that's just shortages in that particular in florida Is really finding good GCs and finding, you know, ways to get open in terms of finding locations. We work with different companies and look at the data on those locations. Sometimes it's really hard to find locations that are a thousand square feet Mm -hmm. or less. And that's what we look for. We're looking for small locations, getting people in and out that are in nice areas. Um, But, you know we look at all over we just opened a store in Birmingham Alabama which is ill served with health food and it's killing it and we opened mm-hmm. a food hall in uh, a food food hall in Boise so we look at a lot of different venues and and make sure that you know everyone's doing well and it makes sense uh, economically speaking
0: yeah i love i love the food hall i could see you guys working perfect in a location like that and are you seeing because a relatively small location is it a lot of times of someone is taking multiple units they're taking areas for you guys, or is it a lot of um, one unit and they're running it themselves to be profitable? Do they have a, a long-term uh, Are people looking to exit strategy? I'm going to run it for five years and sell it. Like what, what is your typical franchisee doing? I think it's, we have a lot of different types,
1: actually most are multiple unit owners. Um, so they're building one or two at a time uh, and they're in different communities. You know, the, the challenge for us sometimes is getting small square footage. It wasn't as readily the challenge. And now everyone's trying to get smaller Um, Mm. from your McDonald's to whatever, even local mom, they're trying to get smaller when our business model was always small and efficient and getting people in and out. And that also helped during COVID when people weren't dining in. Uh, So our business model is very much focused on, you know, certainly being a little more efficient business model. And that's probably based on, you know, certainly my finance background. Uh, But beyond that is, you know, coming to communities that, you know, are ill served or, you know, communities that we feel that there's, you know, really kind of focused on a little more focused on health orientation or going to be focused on health orientation. But in terms of finding franchisees uh, in general, we look for people that have a strong business background. And, and I go, it doesn't have to be a food background, honestly. I came from a very uh, extensive finance background and I had no, zero food experience. But our process and how we train them, anyone who's good in business can really succeed in that process. And that's really what we look for.
0: Are they, right. you know,
1: easy to work with? You know, are they going to really follow the franchise rules and, and really help grow the company because we look at it it's a marriage Uh, you know no matter how anyone says it it's a marriage our franchisees are our partners and it's really important for the organization that you work well with your partners so we look for people that are easy to work with you know that they're you know we can there's give and take on both sides and and it's really important
0: uh, for us Good. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to go to, uh, well, the small thing is interesting, by the way. I just want to go back to that. Yeah. It's interesting how things are shrinking. And I talked to someone else recently that smaller footprints, ghost kitchen, this, it's really has changed the landscape uh, dramatically in terms of a real estate perspective, but uh, let's go uh, parting thoughts or uh, since, since you mentioned, uh, you know, what's your favorite book earlier, you can talk about a book or a book quote or a, or a leadership uh, mantra, anything you got for last piece of advice for folks?
1: Well, there's an old time book, has always been one, one of my favorites, it's called Undaunted uh, Courage by, I guess, Peter Ambrose. Uh, and it's really about the Lewis and Clark expedition that how they got through you know everything uh, and really without much harm to the crew. And it was really exploring uh, a lot of incredible places in the US before it was really explored for mapping and other reasons. Uh, and that's an old time book, one, one of my favorites. And and, and you know I, I read everything, and uh, usually I read all um, nonfiction because sometimes that's more incredible than fiction. So <laughs> with that, uh, but in terms of Rush in general, um, you can go to RushBulls.com. There's mm-hmm. tons of information about it. And, you know, if you're interested in franchising or anything like that, we're here. Uh, We have a team to support you and we're excited to, you know, get get more stores going and and get really healthy, nutritious food in, in lots of people's hands and have people run a business that's relatively simple and own their own business. I think it's really empowering in general to own your own business. I never, I always worked for big corporations. I've worked for Bear Stearns, Morgan Stanley, Credit lyonnais yeah. A, was global head for National Triad Bank. But to own my own business, oh my God, it's 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 really wonderful. And and I encourage more people to do it, no matter what that business may be.
0: Good. Yeah, I agree, agree with there for 100%. So awesome stuff today, Andrew. I appreciate you folks. That was Andrew Potalev of Rush Bowls. You can find them on the web at rushbowls.com. For more great restaurant marketing and operations and service people and tech tips, stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you.